0: You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, welcome to the RUV English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. As we gravitate slowly towards the end of the month of Thori, I thought it might be interesting to look back over the last four or five weeks and maybe if you're unfamiliar with some of the Strange foodstuffs, which have been for sale and up for sale. If you find some of that strange and in need of explanation, well, my guests today can hopefully provide exactly that. Ernie Siaðardottir joins me today on the Roo of English Podcast. Ernie, hello. Hello, hello,
1: hello. It's
0: great to see you. Great to spend some time with you. You are known, amongst other things, as the Dairy Queen of Iceland. But that's just one of your titles. One of the things I think of you as all culinary matters i turn to you when i require some explanation so let's look back on the month of thori where would you want to start with some of those unusual foodstuffs that appear
1: yeah i mean obviously there are some very delicious and some not so delicious very strange items um but there is one thing These traditional foods are not only available at this time of year, but also pretty much all year round, although the selection becomes greater at this time of year. So Thorri, it's basically the fourth month of winter. Um, And the foods that we traditionally hail as Thorra foods were everyday foods in the past. What we have to remember when we're talking about them today and we're having big parties and dinners, eating these traditional foods, kind of celebrating these traditional foods, is that, you know, these were everyday foods Mm. in the past. Um, They can be as wide-ranging as the traditional smoked lamb, which we all know and love, dried fish, uh, various styles of um, black pudding, uh, white pudding. But then you can get some really random things like fermented whale blubber, Mm. shark... Uh, way pickled um, way pickled meats, uh, off cuts from the lamb carcass. These kind of yes. cuts, if we think about nose to tail eating, these kind of cuts that are not so and, typically uh, eaten.
0: Is that why these foodstuffs were eaten, maybe not so much these days, but was it about making sure every single part of every single animal was used?
1: Yes, which I think most cultures all over the world have done. I mean, this kind of modern design of, you know, having prime cuts of the animal and almost, let's say, modern lifestyle doesn't allow people to spend the amount of time that they do cooking. Obviously, you know, this has changed a lot. So nose-to-tail eating, it was necessity. It was basically live or die, use everything. And what you have to remember in Iceland is um, settlement... 870 to 930 that time period, people moving to this country. This was quite um, a warm and fruitful country. But things that have changed and have really impacted the types of foods that we're talking about today was the fact that the little ice age hit Iceland. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself in a harsh country where nine months of the year is winter. Nine months. That gives you literally a couple of months of the year to not only grow... Harvest and preserve foods for the coming months. Um, Also, in order to keep warm, trees were chopped down, deforestation occurs, and when deforestation occurs, another thing that happens is lack of salt becomes evident. With a lack of salt, traditional food preserving techniques that would have been bought here have now gone through the, you know, basically disappeared. Mm. And We found amazingly quite creative and interesting ways of preserving, and that being, obviously, there was smoking foods that helped increase shelf life. Um, There was drying, as in dried fish, and even some sort of styles of dried meat. Then there would have been uh, salting, if you were rich enough to have a little bit of salt, but that was, as I say... If you'd
0: salted some salt away.
1: Yes, if you'd salted some salt away. But the other thing was fermenting in whey. Now, which is quite a unique process, because usually milking would occur in, you know, unlike today when we can milk dairy animals all year round. Um, milking would be a specific time period in the spring, and uh, the most useful thing to do with milk was to make skir, which was a product that could be stored well through the winter months. But the remaining, the sort of byproduct, which was the whey, uh, would be stored. Um, over this you know from the spring over the summer months and by the time we get to autumn when the slaughtering occurred um this would have become a very very acidulated preservative medium which did a couple of things it not only preserved the food it actually imbibed the food with nutrition because there's a lot of vitamins and there's a lot of nutritional benefit to Whey, which actually went in and in some of the extreme cases what Whey did as well it would actually slowly Soften bones. So if you were to preserve fish or, for example, meat on the bone, in whey, eventually the bones would become so soft that you could eat them.
0: Really?
1: This yeah. was obviously not the favourite. No. But this meant that mm. when needs must, this would take, you know, that nose-to-tail yeah. eating to an extreme level.
0: And so preserving in whey was obviously very important in Iceland and maybe, maybe quite specific to Iceland. Mm-hmm. What kind of... You touched on some of them there, but what sort of foods would be preserved in way, the ones that are still preserved in way today in the run-up to Thori?
1: Yeah, I mean today obviously Thorri is celebrated um, widely and is a, is a huge deal um, for us Icelanders, but I mean that's a fairly, it's a fairly new thing, I'll go back to that in a minute but yeah, yeah. the types of foods were obviously yes. When the Ice Age hit, the first thing to disappear in Iceland was cattle. Cattle became scarce because animals couldn't stay outside all year so we were not um we were not uh, community farmers we were self-sufficient mm-hmm. farmers you know it was me my family and I and we looked after ourselves so each farm would probably have one to two cows which would be stored indoors giving the house warmth but also um utilized um for eventually milk and meat uh for eventually meat and but also milk mm-hmm. But the, otherwise, the hardy animals would have been sheep and goats. I mean, they're the ones that could, you know, Icelandic sheep, they, they, can, they can toughen <laughs> yes. any weather. Well, there's moving. a
0: reason those jumpers are made from the wool of, of Icelandic sheep.
1: Exactly, water-resistant wool. Yes. Um, so, obviously, the most common thing to be preserved would have been lamb, all parts of the lamb. Um, the other thing would be fish. Although, ironically, Icelanders, you think about us, we're an island, but uh, nobody dared to go out on the seas. I mean, fishing, as, in, you know, fishing, real fishing didn't even start until around the 1500s in Iceland. It's quite remarkable when you think about it. And I
0: suppose in a country like this, with the dangers that the sea can mm-hmm. present, mm-hmm. you want to make as few trips as possible.
1: Exactly. So the fish that were being preserved would have been lake fish. Uh, we also know that, you know, there were some birds that, were, you know, the goose, wild geese, etc., that were being um, used and preserved. Um, and obviously their eggs, so that would have been preserved. And then eventually, you know, people used to always think it was meat and fish. But actually, one thing that I, I've kind of found out over the years and I find quite fascinating is... Iceland, when you travel around Iceland, it has an abundance of Angelica archangelica, those big, giant, bulbous plants. Now, sheep in Iceland love Angelica archangelica, and it's used for the medicinal industry, etc. Mm-hmm. But this was a vegetable in the past. Icelanders used to eat a lot of it as a vegetable and would be mm. stored in whey.
0: I think there were some thori foods which, particularly for people outside of the country, are quite performatively shocking when they hear about them. And one of them is the idea that you would eat testicles pressed into and preserved in whey. That is one of the foodstuffs which is consumed at this time of year, not by everyone, but by some people with surprising enthusiasm, I would say.
1: Well, I mean, sweetbreads, uh, rams, yeah, rams testicles. Um, I mean, it's not that dissimilar. If you think about head cheese in the UK a pressed gelatinous terrine of the meat off the head of the pig. I mean, this is what we do as well. You use every part. And picking that kind of meat off the actual head of the animal, which has a lot of gelatin, which can also be cooked down from the bones, and then pressing it, yes, then you've got a product which is fresh, delicious. But obviously you need to store it. So um, putting it in whey, yes, it makes it sour, which is a slightly strange, I mean, I don't think there's an equivalent food on the planet, a sour <laughs> testicle terrine, if you may. Um, there you go, something for, for you to it's think about. never
0: advertised as that, strangely, <laughs> no, is it? <laughs>
1: no, they use different words for it. Um, but um, the other thing is, you know, you would think with nine months of winter in Iceland, you would have thought, hey, well, why didn't they just freeze food? I, You know, the temperature in Iceland, although we're called Iceland, it wasn't actually that cold and it was very variable. So even using that, you know, cold as a medium to store food didn't work.
0: Because I've had friends just on a sidebar to that, friends who've said to me, oh, Iceland, that's where the ice hotel is. And I've said, well, no, it's not cold enough. It's not cold enough for long enough to have an ice hotel that wouldn't melt after about three days?
1: No, exactly. So you need to go, you know, Norway or Finland, I think, for Greenland, that. Yeah, Greenland Finland, Finland, for yeah, that, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing as well, which I always find interesting, is, like, why didn't another preservation technique of the, the drying of foods, like dried fish, why wasn't that utilised more? And that, what we found is that, you know, with fish being a fairly lean product, it was fine for fish, but as soon as you tried to air-dry meats because of their natural fat content, humidity is too high in Iceland. So it isn't dry enough. Uh, I have friends that are farmers and they wanted to do a range of, you know, salamis. The wife is from Switzerland. They got this amazing Swiss salami maker who's been doing it since he was 10. And he apparently cursed continuously for two months. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, but like the food types as well, and talking about nose to tail eating and necessity, Nine months of winter. Necessity. Yeah, yeah. What comes to shore? Seals. Seal, you know, whey fermented seal fins. That's another furry yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not just whale meat, whale blubber. Actual fermented whale blubber, uh, which is actually quite nice. I know that sounds weird, but if you think... What does it taste of? Well, it, obviously the, that kind of light acidity is there. And it's quite interesting because... I was comparing this to, for example, lardo in Italy, you know, which is pork fat, thinly sliced on a little crostini. Mm. And I prepared Icelandic whale blubber in the same way for friends and like had a little bit of a pickle topping and they, they thought it was delicious. Yeah, yeah. So the sound is sometimes worse than the actual <laughs> yes. taste.
0: But of course, all of this was driven by necessity for the reasons that you've outlined It was essential for Mm -hmm. reasons of survival to use every part of the animal and to preserve the food in the way that we've described. That's not true now. Mm -hmm. Plainly, it's not necessary now. So the consumption of this food at this time of year Mm -hmm. is celebrating the traditions, Mm -hmm. and it's a link to those times.
1: Yes. You could say it's an amazing slow food movement. And one of the things that I find fascinating, we talk about this all the time is that traditions of the past can get lost. And what we have to remember is that Thorri, which is the fourth month of winter, then leads into Gowa, which is the female, which is the fifth month of winter. And these were called the most difficult parts of times of year to live. Now, when you are struggling in cold temperatures, harsh winters, and not that much to eat, you have to celebrate every day that you're alive. And we think that this tradition, you know, was a, a historic tradition. It's not. It's a fairly modern tradition to celebrate these foods. I did read that the first ever Tharra which was what we call this kind of event, uh, mm. having a big party, party eating these foods, was in 1867. And it was... Icelanders that had been studying in Denmark, and Denmark has similar traditions of celebrating foods, the irony was that they got highly criticized in 1867 for having this party, eating traditional foods, because the religious community said that they were celebrating pagan, Nordic, old-fashioned gods. And, you know, religious freedom in Iceland doesn't come on till, like, 875. So they were highly criticised for celebrating (laughs) foods of the past. Because of, you know... So that's interesting. I read that. And then, as I say, we don't see much of this celebration going on. And it's not really until we get to the 1950s when there's a sort of a beginning of a restaurant industry in Iceland and not the tourism we have today... Mm -hmm and so restaurateurs were struggling in these kind a bit like our forefathers in the past struggling at this time of year mm, restauranteurs yeah. were struggling in the 50s at this time of year because they weren't bums on seats and it's one very famous restaurant Nestith, which is kind of a bit of an institution no longer in existence but this was an institution for many years in iceland the owner decided why not have this celebration of traditional foods
0: yeah
1: great great idea However, when you want to create something from scratch, he realized to his horror that all these foods of the past were almost impossible to find. They weren't being made anymore. The few farms that he knew of would be making enough quantity for them and their family. Um, And so it, 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 it took him really a lot longer than he ever expected to actually encourage producers to get back to producing these foods and the producers were Understandably, going, really? Mm-hmm. Why on earth? <laughs> What's wrong with you? So, you know, trying to get, you know, shark meat that's been buried yeah. underground uh, for, for, for months till its natural antibac- anaerobic bacterial breakdown occurs. Um, it's
0: quite specialist.
1: It's quite isn't specialist. It? It's very <laughs> specialist. And in fact, I mean, even today in Iceland, we're battling to preserve this tradition. Yeah. You know, that's disappearing as well. And so, you know, thank you to him. I say thank you because he started this, I think it was 1958. He started advertising this and he even had these wooden troughs that were representative of the past specifically made, and then the other restaurants saw how well he was doing so they followed suit, that meant there was more demand of producing traditional foods, and that's brought us to where we are today which I think is a gift, and it's, I think extremely valuable, I think it binds us with our forefathers, I mean, as I say, it is a slow food event but... What has also happened, apart from introducing the, the next generation and the next generation to what our forefathers ate, what's happening is some people like these foods, and we now have availability of most of them all year round.
0: Does that mean that lots of people don't like them? You say some people <laughs> like them as if you're surprised by that. <laughs> um,
1: for myself included, even some of the hardcore dishes are not my cup of tea. Okay. Thankfully, there is a remedy for this. And this is why we call it a party. <laughs> Brennivin. Icelandic mm. aquavit, basically. Yep, yep. You shove enough of those down your gullet while you're eating, <laughs> you won't taste a damn thing.
0: Please drink responsibly, <laughs> we should say at this point.
1: <laughs> but there is a reason why with traditional foods, it kind of it, it puts tears on your chest and you down a couple of shots to make it more yeah. palatable.
0: Because a lot of these foods are... Well, again, we've mentioned one, the testicles and the whey cake the halkak, mm-hmm. the, the shark, obviously. Mm-hmm. People who don't know much about Iceland might say, oh, is that the place where you have to have the, the putrefied fermented shark? Yeah. These foods, these traditional foods, they're sometimes seen as a little bit like horror stories, aren't
1: they? Yeah, and a, a challenge and, yeah. you know, oh, let's, you know, let's dare someone to eat this. I know people that genuinely like putrefied shark. My grandmother loved it. It's like a strong cheese. The smell is worse than the flavor. So, you know, get yourself a good Munster or Limburger and you'll know what I mean, you know, Mm. or a Danish piece of gamle It's the same.
0: Where would you recommend somebody starts? I mean, we're now at the end of the month of Mm Thorri, but of course these foods Mm -hmm. can still be acquired in all sorts of places.
1: And that's the wonderful thing, the supermarket. It's the best place, the supermarket. And as I said at the beginning, Unlike our neighbours Denmark, Sweden, Norway, who have really gotten more and more distant from their traditional past, and also their past was different because they had firewood and they had salt from you know uh, mining salt. Today, the best place for you is not some specialist store; it's actually just the general supermarket. Yeah. And that, to me, I think, says everything, it's wonderful.
0: And of those foods that we've been discussing, what would you recommend for someone as a, as as a gentle introduction?
1: Okay, well, I mean, obviously, if you like herring, the, pick- the range of pickled herrings is beautiful. Yeah. And the traditional herring, just with onion, is one of my favorite things on beautiful rye bread, because obviously, one of the grains that grew here. So, <clears throat> rye bread with herring. The smoked lamb, thinly sliced smoked lamb, is a lovely, lovely thing. I mean, you know it very well. So, yeah. And this we would traditionally eat as well on the unleavened rye bread. Don't be scared of dried fish. It's another one of these things that actually it smells strong. Dried fish was almost like when the cold, uh, the cold temperatures hit Iceland, the little ice age hit Iceland, obviously grains became scarce. So... Dried fish was almost like the Icelandic version of bread, and it was usually spread yeah. with butter.
0: Yeah, oh, it lovely with way. butter. Yeah. And it is very easy to get hold of. It's one of those foods you can pick up at the airport as you leave the country.
1: It's at the petrol station. It's at the petrol station? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is a healthy, high protein snack. And it doesn't taste so strong. It's actually, the smell is a bit strong, but actually the flavor is lovely. And with a bit of butter, mwah, yeah. I prefer that over a bag of crisps. Also, I would say. Obviously, white pudding and black pudding, they're not whey fermented. If you want to try something whey fermented, don't be scared of the testicle terrine. Now, I say this, but it's actually quite pleasant. has a combi- it has sweetbreads in it as well, so you know sweetbreads, nice and soft. So if you are used to nose to tail eating and you seek out those kind of restaurants wherever you are in the world, you know I think this will be an absolute paradise for you.
0: Is it exportable? Is this <laughs> <laughs> is this cuisine? Do you think too specific, too Icelandic, too hardcore to find a market in other parts of the world?
1: I would. and and this makes me sad to say this, but my personal opinion is the answer to that question is yes. I mean, I find that modern palates already are extremely delicate. I think people's relationship with food has become almost, to a certain extent, slightly unhealthy. Mm. It's almost as if it needs to be some sort of sanitised, you know, follow-the-date-stamp eating today. And I find a lot of people, especially the younger generation, that haven't got any connection with these foods you know they won't even try them i mean the way i was raised and probably yourself as well there was no saying no to mother if she put something down in front of you Mm. and i think nowadays they can always say no so i don't think it's exportable at all however you don't need to do that come over here try it here in the environment that it was created Look at us now. We're looking out the window. It's minus five, there's snow covering everything. The car park outside is one big ice skating rink. Well I should
0: say we've actually come here for lunch, which was delicious. Just remind me where we are.
1: It's called Raudakerdi. Yeah. And it's in a the town or part of the town called Selkedanes.
0: Just to the west of, of Reykjavik proper.
1: Um,
0: yeah, well, as you say, looking out over some amazing views, our desserts have arrived. Mm. So <laughs> I might, for both of our sakes, pause the conversation and say, Ernie, thank you very much indeed for taking us through uh, and towards the end of the month of Thori. And I guess, final word is that you don't need to confine yourself to that month to try these foods in the same way that in the UK, if you wanted to have turkey with cranberry sauce and Brussels sprouts in July there's no law against it
1: or haggis in you know in December mm. of course yeah no problem at all
0: Ernie thank you very much indeed this is the roof English podcast get in touch anytime by email English at UV dot is you're listening to the roof English podcast to hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English just head to UV is/ English.